I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. For the generations of Filipinos fortunate enough to have passed through the University of the Philippines Diliman campus, one building stands most iconic. Depending on the generation, it's also been called liberal arts, AS, Cal. But its official name binds everyone in common recognition, Palma Hall. Palma Hall's facade mirroring the engineering college's Melcher Hall on the other side of UB Academic Oval is grand and welcoming. Wide steps lead you up to the State University's century of academic tradition. But beyond the spirit it evokes and the emotion it stirs, Palma Hall is itself a practical lesson in green, tropical architecture. Open, breezy, naturally lit. And it was designed to be more sustainable than most more modern buildings in the Philippines, long before sustainability was even a term most planners were throwing around. I'm Carl Sayat, and you're listening to another episode of Estate of Mind, a podcast from Ayala Land Estates, powered by Puma Podcast. On Estate of Mind, we imagine and redefine our urban spaces, what they should feel like, what they can be, and what we can do to make them a reality. In this episode, we'll be talking about tropical architecture. Palma Hall in UP Diliman is one good example of this architectural design. The building is imposing and yet inviting. Asymmetrical east and west wings meet at central cavernous columns, but they are literally wide open, like some strong figure with arms wide open for a ready embrace. Balconies on the second and third floors look over arriving students whose gaze are ever drawn upwards. The building was in fact designed for a warm and humid country like the Philippines, a tropical design. So tropical architecture is architectural design that's really geared towards working with a natural climate and environment to be able to create cooler spaces and comfort for the different users of the structure. If you've listened to our previous episodes, you're probably already familiar with architect Mia Kimpo's voice. Mia is also the head of Ayala Land Planning and Urban Design. I think it has to do a lot with sustainability. It also has to do with wellness. One, for sustainability, it's trying to conserve energy. You're able to design architecture that you don't need mechanical help. And at the same time, uh, when we do tropical architecture, we, we not just think of the building, but we also think of the building in relation to the site. And we work with the terrain because we have prevailing winds, right? the wind directions during whole year round. And we try to maximize those winds to also cool the house. 
and even the orientation of the building in relation to the sun path. So it's very important in terms of being sustainable, also in reducing our energy bills and cooling bills, and helping increase our wellness and our mental health. Tropical design is a form of adaptive design. So think of the Philippines in our two seasons. Start with that, and then the question. What should our wet and dry months mean for our buildings? So for instance, the roof, if we're talking about the house, the pitch of the roof or the slope of the roof actually plays a big role in tropical architecture. We will notice in different countries, for example, um, the colder climates, they have different roofs than us. You'll see some of them really have high-pitched roofs, especially the ones in the colder climates where there's snow. And us, we have this almost 30-degree roofs. And it's because of our rainfall, which is almost half of the year. And at the same time, because half of the year it's uh, very hot, we have these pitched roofs so that the air from the lower floors rises through the roof and then escapes through the eaves. So the roof plays a big role in cooling and at the same time protecting us from the elements there. We also have the, in relation to the roof also, I mentioned earlier, we have the roof eaves. These are the overhangs from the walls. No? Uh, in the Philippines, to be able to minimize the sun and to create more shade within the house, as well as protect us from the rain, we have much longer eaves. In colder countries and in the temperate countries, you'll notice their eaves are very short. It's because they want to bring as much sun in, in contrast to us. From the roof, adaptive design leads us down the rest of the house or building. Also, we see the windows in the Philippines. Preferably, we have huge windows so that it's really so maaliwalas and you're able to bring in the air. Just like in Palma Hall, or really wherever you have old school buildings you remember from grade school to college. Large openings for good airflow. Tropical architecture is not just about the design. Mia says there's something else to consider when designing sustainably for tropical countries. We also look at the materials in terms of tropical materials, those which are sourced locally. At the same time, those which are cool materials, materials that give us thermal comfort. And um, yeah, you will see that even um, when we look at our heritage homes, they're really the perfect example for tropical architecture. And they really work with the local climate. So you'll see those details, no? those huge sliding windows. They have ventanillas under. They have this grill work. It's also really for the air to flow in. Ventanillas, or literally, little windows, are the little slats that run across wooden sliding windows. It's all about airflow, tropical architecture. Sustainability in tropical design isn't just about keeping cool. By now, it's also urgently about keeping all of us alive. In 2021, did you know the Philippines ranked 17th in the world in the Global Climate Risk Index? No? So we really rank highly. And um, knowing this, you know, uh, tropical architecture design is, really has a role in minimizing these future climate risk events. Tropical design, it really ensures that we design according to our local climate. So knowing how climate change is changing our local climate, we're able to adjust the way we design, no? So for instance, right now, actually in Europe, they're having these heat waves. 
in the Philippines then our temperatures have actually been rising and this has resulted in uh, sea level rise and you know diba, the Philippines most of our cities are coastal diba? and it's because that was really the criteria in um, establishing a city should be near a body of water you know? and a lot of our cities are threatened by these sea level rise also another threat heat island, urban heat island effect. A lot of the modern materials, you know, like concrete and glass, they contribute to the heat island effect of our cities. We all know future-proofing communities and estates means that we anticipate future, future shocks and develop methods and strategies of minimizing the effects of these shocks and stresses, future events. So that has to do with, for instance, in, in terms of sea level rise, it means we consider the elevations of our houses and then um, uh, we adapt our design to these changes and these new hazards. How about commercial spaces? How do you design these with the effects of climate change in mind? One is really breaking down um, big box structures into smaller structures. So for instance, our newer malls. So. For instance, if you have one big building versus having four smaller buildings, that future proofs and makes it more resilient. So if, for example, disaster comes and one building is down, you have three other buildings. Rather than if you just had one building, if this building goes down, it's gone, right? We apply that also in terms of utilities. Nowadays, the approach in terms of utilities always have centralized facilities centralized water, centralized power, or like sewage treatment plants. But now really the approach is to distribute this, not just having central, but really distribute and cluster it. Everything Mia's discussed not only makes sense, it makes you wonder. If we already knew and had been implementing its logic in the past, why does it seem like we're having to scramble to convince each other to rediscover it all over again? Did modern design, in fact, regress? And why? Especially in the urban areas, it's really a challenge because we're really dependent on um, air conditioning. And a lot of us, I must say I'm also guilty of this, <laughs> it's very difficult to prefer natural ventilation because the air quality outside isn't really great, right? It's very polluted outside. So most of the time, you'd prefer to be in an air-conditioned room. But if there's a more concerted effort in our cities to cool the city, to have more green spaces, this will really improve the temperature in our cities to really mitigate that urban heat island effect. So it's really going to be tough coming from a tropical country, especially in the urban areas. But I think it's possible if we really want it. And that's another episode of Estate of Mind. Estate of Mind is a podcast from Ayala Land Estates powered by Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by Nina Toralba and Faith Navarro with editorial support from Robbie Alampay. It was put together by audio editor Joe Salcedo. Join us as we imagine and redefine our urban spaces, what they should feel like, what they can be, and what we can do to make them a reality. Subscribe to Estate of Mind on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen.
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.